0: The Hammer, Chapter 12 Tzarek's words hung in the dense air of the small cave. Corvin cradled the watch in his hand, his fingers tracing the design etched on its cover. This creature had just admitted to attacking his grandfather and leaving him to die in the dark. He stared at the lizard, and his anger boiled. Why? The lizard fell on its face in the dirt before him. It was the task I was given. I was under the band and had to obey. But you said you chose the band. You were responsible for your actions. Yes, I was. I still am. That is why you must take my life for his. It is the law of the corps. Corvin felt disgusted by this creature groveling at his feet. He wanted to strike out and punish it for what he had done. Corvin released the hammer from its holster and held it over its head. The hammer will decide your punishment. The lizard rolled onto its back. A guttural scream escaped its thin lips. Startled, Corvin stepped back and the hammer brushed a large globe. A shower of warm blobs of light exploded over his head, plunging the room into darkness as they fizzled out on the floor. Corvin dropped to his knees in the dark and heard the rasp of scales on rock. A small voice spoke. Please, sir, do not use the hammer. It searches out my thoughts and burns terribly inside. Oh, sir... I want to believe that I am pure with the band gone, but I cannot know for certain. The glow in the remaining globes returned, lighting the pathetic form cowering against the far wall of the storage room. Corvin lowered the hammer. Even if Tzarek had killed his grandfather, the creature before him was different now that it no longer had the band around its neck. I will not take your life, Tzarek. He slid the hammer back into the holster. I am not bound by your laws, and I am not your judge. You are free to go. Oh, sir, please do not send me away, he crawled toward Corvin. To send me away is to send me back to him. His claws rested on Corvin's right sneaker. Please, sir, I wish to stay with you. You will need me to get through the labyrinth. I wish to serve the Corvan and help him remove the band from the counterpart. The lizard was right. The band was on Kate, and she was heading deeper into the darkness to serve an evil master. To find her, he had to work together with Sarek whether he could trust him or not. Fine, I will let you be my guide, but only until we find Kate. Zarek nodded. We cannot reach her now, and she can go no further until the next shift of the labyrinth when our first portal will open. I must finish packing, and you must rest. You can lie there. He pointed to a low mound on the floor. It is my special resting place. Corvin dragged the pack over and sat down. The weariness of the long day and night settled in as he leaned back against his pack. As he relaxed, the mound beneath him grew softer and conformed to his body. Tsarik watched him with keen interest. There is a long journey ahead of us, and I will wake you in time to repack your things. The first opening is unusually large, but the others may be too tight for all your belongings. Corvin watched as Tzarek turned and pecked through the alcoves cut into the walls. Each hole contained something from the world above a battered transistor radio with a piece of barbed wire stuck in the broken antenna, a carefully polished bent fork perched on a rock like a thin metal bird, a rusty adjustable wrench with only one jaw, and a scruffy baseball with Corvin's early attempts at a signature scrawled across it. The lizard was a tidy version of a pack rat. Tzarek appeared to ignore Corvin, but he saw the lizard's eyes flicker in his direction from time to time. Was he waiting for him to fall asleep? His grandfather had warned him not to trust anyone. He sat up and forced his eyes to stay open. He had to find out more about this creature. Zarek, the lizard jumped. Oh, you must sleep, sir. Our journey begins soon and it will not be an easy one. You will not find a soft resting place like that one once we are inside the labyrinth. I can't sleep. Too much has happened in the last day, or has it been a day? I guess there's no way to know down here. We know the passing of time, sir, for the glow of Illumium ebbs and flows in a regular pattern. Like the tide of the ocean? Yes, and just like in your world, we rest in the dark and work during the light. Although I have heard that the settlement workers have to work longer if the production of fire sticks can keep up with their progress. What do the workers do? Each group has different tasks to perform. The lowest class are the gleaners. They tend lumien clusters and the plants people need for food. Corvin pushed his pack further away and stretched out. The people eat only plants? Tzarek emerged from his pantry, his paws full of wheat sheaves, a dried gopher carcass hung by one leg from his teeth. He scurried over to drop his load by the growing pile. It is against the laws, but some have taken to eating other creatures. Like what, cows? Oh no, nothing like cows. Just a few small animals, like those, he gestured to the gopher carcass lying on the ground. And, just as in your world, in the core there are those who take advantage of their position higher up in the eating order. Was the lizard saying that the high-ranking ones ate those in classes lower than themselves? He thought of his grandfather's bones in the entry above and decided he really didn't want to know. Tsarek watched him intently, but when Corvin met his gaze, he bustled over to the cubby holes and began selecting more items. At times he would hold something up to the light of the remaining lumians, then give a heavy sigh and place it back in its cubbyhole. "'Such a wonderful collection,' he muttered. "'Some they have never seen before. There would have been great privilege for bringing back such things.' Corvin stiffened. Was there also a reward for turning him over to the master? Zarek chose three smaller items, wrapped each one in a scrap of cloth, and placed them by his row of supplies. He turned, and his eyes met Corvins. "'Sir, you must sleep.' I can't. I have so many questions. Then ask. I will try to help. I have been observing your world a long time. Since I was born? Oh, no, before that. I was young myself when I was sent here. Were you expected to guard this portal all your life? There is no returning unless the band calls you to report or another watcher takes your place. We must keep the portal safe from all intruders. No one must be allowed to... Tsark's voice trailed off and he turned back to his packing. Corvin flicked the pocket watch open and reread the inscription. Did my grandfather say anything to you before he died? Tsark turned around. He did not have time. A look of remorse crossed his face. When we kill, it is very swift. The lizard lifted one claw and stared at it with the angry expression Corvin remembered vividly from that night on the rock. Tsark frowned at his claw. Then the angry look returned, his dark eyes smoldering with hatred. Corvin sat up and fumbled for the hammer. Sarek's face relaxed, and the lizard moved his claw closer to Corvin's face. In the dim light he could make out a drop of pale yellow fluid forming at the tip of the longest claw. It takes just a scratch and it is all over. The poison was much easier produced with the band on. Catching small rodents was simple. I would wait until they stuck their foolish heads out of their holes, and that was it. He made a slashing motion with his claw. They were dead before they could even pull their bodies back into their burrows. It is a little slower with the larger animals, like that dog creature that attacked me, and I can make it slower if I want them to live until I... It's okay, Tzarek. That's all I need to know. Yes, sir. A shimmer of light glinted on the lizard's claw. Are you able to sleep now? Any hope of sleep had abandoned him. He would need to keep an eye on Tzarek day and night. Tzarek stepped up to the crystals. I know what will help you rest. My mentor used to play a tune for me when I could not sleep. I'm not sure I can remember it after all this time, but I will try. As Sarek ran his claws over the angular rocks, soft music swirled about the cavern. It surrounded him like a warm blanket, like his mother's song. Corvin leaned against the pack and closed his eyes. Faint images of small lizards danced in his mind, their claws clicking on the rocks. He forced his eyes open to watch Sarek's poisonous claws caressing the crystals. His eyes grew heavy, but before they closed, he caught sight of a line of pale yellow venom dripping down the luminescent surface of the largest crystal. A sense of imminent danger yanked Corvin from a deep sleep. A shadow fell across his eyelids. Something sharp brushed his cheek. He rolled to one side. Pain shut up his elbow and his arm went numb. The lizard had scratched him with his poisonous claw. Zarek stood beside him. I am sorry to startle you, Caelian sir, but it is time for us to go. Corvin moved his arm. The numbness started to go away, although his elbow ached fiercely. He must have hit his funny bone on a rock. A faint tremor ran through the cavern walls. "'Sir, the first portal is about to open. I let you sleep too long. We will need to sort through your pack between the next chambers of the labyrinth.' Corvin sat up and rubbed his sore elbow. "'While you slept, I added a few of my belongings to your pack. I did not have room in mine.' The lizard gestured over his shoulder to a small bundle tied to the end of some sticks. I hope that is all right. Corvin lifted the pack. It was much heavier now. There's no way he could carry it very far. What did you put in here? Rocks? Tzarek smiled briefly. Just one, he said, pointing to the musical crystals. Corvin twisted around. All that remained of the largest crystal was a broken stump. If it is too much for you, I can carry it in my bundle. Corvin shook his head as he pulled on the pack. It's okay. When we go through my stuff later, we'll decide what we really need. Thank you, sir. I have grown attached to my music. I believe it may help keep our spirits up during the long walk to the lower levels. Corvin staggered as a tremor went through the rock. It is opening quickly. We must hasten to the entry. Zarek tugged on Corvin's sleeve. I'm not sure how long we will have to get through. The lizard hurried from the room. Corvin stumbling along at his heels. The passage was pitch black, and Sarik was quickly lost to sight. I can't see anything. Where are you? Right in front of you, sir. No time to stop. Follow my voice. The entry is not far, but watch the stones on the floor. Watch? In complete darkness? Maybe the lizard could see in the dark, but Corvin couldn't. The lizard shouted a word that Corvin didn't understand. Sir, there is a big rock in the middle of the path. Be careful. Apparently the lizard couldn't see in the dark either. An abrupt shift in air pressure caused Corvin's ears to pop, a moist breeze blew heavy with the odor of burning matches. He held his nose, but it passed quickly. The soft wind grew stronger with each twist and turn of the passage. It's just ahead, sir, and still open. The other entries will open at the same time, so the air from the core pushes toward the surface. Let me get some light. The lizard fumbled with his bundle of sticks, and presently a brilliant glow fluttered in the breeze. They stood at the end of a roughly hewn tunnel. On the wall before them was the source of the sour wind, a hole about a foot off the ground and three feet in diameter. The rock around the edges looked like melted blue glass. Wisps of smoke trailed from its edges, Corbin stepped closer. Do not touch it, sir. You must wait until it is fully formed, or it will close quickly and cut whatever is inside in half. The lizard shuddered. It is not a pretty sight. Will Kate know not to touch them? She will be moving forward, sir, as the black band calls her on. The next portal in the next cavern of the labyrinth will be formed by the time she gets there. See, this one is ready. Corvin noticed that the blue glass had turned to a creamy tan color and the smoke was gone. The lizard leapt up through the hole, his head popped back through. You can touch the side now. His claws clicked on the glossy surface as he jumped back through the hole to Corvin's side. It will be easier if you throw your pack in first. I will stay here and hold a light for you. Corvin tossed the heavy pack to the other side of the wall. He put one foot over the threshold and stood straddling the gap in the wall. Gingerly, he touched the surface. It pulsed warmly against his fingers. Blue light rippled out from around each fingertip. Zara cried out and shoved him through the hole to land in a heap on the other side. The opening snapped shut and the darkness fell as if someone had switched off the lights. The smell of burning matches infused the air. The breeze stopped. In the darkness, Corvin could hear the lizard grunt softly. "'Sir,' I need your help, please. You will find more fire sticks attached to my bundle on the floor. The one in my claws is no longer useful. Fumbling around the floor, Corvin located the sticks, untied them, and exposed the capped end on one. White light flared, revealing Sarek hanging from the end of a stick that stuck straight out of the solid cave wall. He looked so funny with his short, thick legs dangling in midair that Corvin had to choke back a laugh. Was the portal supposed to close that fast? "'No. Something odd has happened. "'I can only think that Kate found the next door very quickly. "'There is no other way to explain it.' "'The lizard shrugged, bobbing on the end of the stick "'like a jackfish on a willow pole. "'Can you help me down, sir?' "'It's not far. Just let go.' "'I would, sir, but when I get frightened, my claws lock up on me.' "'Squirming, Tzarek ducked his head and dropped his gaze to the ground. "'You will need to rub the spines on my back "'in order for me to relax enough to let go.' Corvin stepped closer.' These little spikes? He ran his hand up the lizard's prickly spine. Yes, sir, but the other direction. That way just makes me more tense. Corvin ran his hand downward as if petting a cat. Ah, that is much better. Corvin dropped from the pole, and the stick twanged in the still air. Muttering a stiff, Thank you, sir, the lizard scurried over to his belongings and tied the sticks and the bundle back together. I think we'd best get ready to find the next entry. You said it will be close by? Not any more. The portals move each time they open and close. That is why we need the hammer to guide us from here. It will be many hours until the next shifting. Let us find a comfortable spot to sort through your belongings. Corvin hoisted his pack and grabbed the stick in the wall. I suppose we should break this off in case we need it later. As he tugged on it, Zarek's shouts filled the cavern. The stick shuddered in Corvin's hand and a dull boom thumped through the walls of the tunnel. Oh, my! So fortunate it did not break on this side. To break a fire stick is to release all of its energy at once. Very dangerous, sir. It is fortunate that the core shield is unbreakable. Corvin's hand dropped away from the stick. Sorry, I didn't know. Warm done, sir. Though it is good for us, we are not deep enough for Burex. A vibration like that in their area would have them eating us before we could say, Torpetroleg! What? Corvin didn't recall the lizard mentioning strange, man-eating creatures lurking down here. He peered over his shoulder into the darkness. Were Burrax the monster from his reoccurring nightmare? Was that what he would have to escape from in the labyrinth? Not to worry, sir. The Burraks cannot enter the labyrinth. But let us move down the tunnel in case that firestick breaks on this side, too. Sometimes, when they get as old as these, they can shatter on their own. Very messy if you happen to be holding one. Corvin thrust the firestick at Sarek. The lizard took it, and his short legs churned as he moved off, leaving Corvin to keep up as best as he could. If Sarek was wrong about the buraks, he didn't want to meet one alone in the dark. The narrow tunnel opened to a cavernous room with a low ceiling. The sound of water echoed in the far corner, and Corvin's parched throat reminded him he had nothing to drink for a long time. Sarek was already at the pool when he arrived, lapping at the water like a scaly dog. The pool was a good twenty yards across, the water tumbling in from a fissure on the far wall. No stream ran out of the pool, so the drain must be somewhere below the surface. Corvin stretched out on the ground and sucked greedily from the pool. The water was cool and refreshing, but tasted of fish. He glanced to one side. Sure enough, Sarak had waded into the pool beside him was washing his scales. Do you mind, Sarak? I was still drinking. No problem, sir. You do not bother me. Please continue. Corvin shook his head as he got to his feet and waded cautiously into the pool. Stooping over, he splashed water onto his dirty face. The water was too cold for a bath, although Sarek didn't seem to mind. His energetic splashes set ripples dancing across the pool in all directions. The small waves bounced off the rock wall and crisscrossed one another on their way back, like many thin snakes swimming through the water. The ripples moved back toward Sarek, then suddenly changed direction and undulated directly toward Korvan. He pointed to him. Hey, Sarek, why are the ripples... Something wrapped around his legs and yanked him under the water. Corvin grabbed at the thin rope wrapped around his ankles and struggled to free his legs. More ropes whipped around him, binding his arms and legs together. Panic swept over him as he was dragged like a hog-tied calf deeper into the dark water. As the black liquid closed in around him, a bright light bubbled past him. He caught a glimpse of a fire stick and the claws of a green lizard. The water below him foamed angrily, his ears thundering with pain as the light faded to a narrow point. The ropes yanked him down even faster. His lungs screamed for air. He had to breathe. His head throbbed. Sparks swam before his eyes. Before he could stop himself, his lips parted and water swept into his body. His energy melted away. His limbs relaxed and his arms drifted up past his head. A bright light moved toward him and he knew in that moment he would die and Kate would be lost forever.